Well, hello, greetings to you from the United Kingdom and from Bedford, where I am today. Uh, it's great to just get an opportunity to share some things with you today. And for those that haven't had an opportunity to meet me, uh, my name's Phil Wilthew, and I'm a, a leader here at a church called the King's Arms Church in Bedford. Uh, and we have been developing a relationship with Kings in Wellington for many, many years now, and it's a real privilege to be partnering with you, even though we're at the other side of the planet. And just to say as well, I was so disappointed to not be able to join you guys in March. I was due to fly over and spend a couple of weeks with you and be at your camp and catch up with friends and spend some time together. And of course, COVID hit and the whole world's plans changed, including mine. But I, I hope to be with you before too long, if possible, uh, because it'll be great to be with you guys in person. And uh, congratulations on how your country has handled COVID. It's become a real uh, kind of blueprint uh, for the world, a real example of how to do it well. And uh, your prime minister, certainly in our country, seems to be the most popular prime minister in the whole world right now. And uh, congratulations to you guys as a nation for coming out of that crisis and back into some form of normality. And I'll just ask you to pray for us in the United Kingdom. We are in early stages of an easing of lockdown, but our nation has obviously been hit very, very hard. Uh, we've had now over 40,000 deaths. Even in our own church family, we've had a couple of funerals from church members who've died. Uh, one uh, man on our staff team, he's had three family members uh, die from COVID. So we've really felt the personal impact of this disease. It's not just been out there somewhere. It's been very close to home for some of us. And so please pray for us and uh, pray for our nation. I would really, really appreciate that. And uh, today I just want to share some thoughts with you from Romans chapter 15 about Paul's apostolic priorities. The Apostle Paul, of course, was one of the preeminent apostles in the New Testament. He wrote many of the letters and the books in the New Testament. And he was a man that was called to advance the gospel in his generation. He was an apostle, a sent one from God. And apostles are sent from someone and sent to do something. And for Paul, he knew that he was sent from God to establish the kingdom everywhere where the gospel had not yet landed. And so we read about some of Paul's apostolic priorities in Romans chapter 15. And the reason I want to share this with you today is I believe that God is bringing you as a church, as King's Church in Wellington, into a new season of apostolic advance. That is, you are going to be sent from someone to do something in places where the gospel has yet to have an effect. I believe it's a new apostolic season for you as a church family. And so we're going to dive into some of what Paul says about his priorities and how they can be ours. And the, the amazing thing, of course, in this season is that we are still seeing the advance of the kingdom, the advance of the gospel, irrespective of all the challenges that we're facing. And certainly in our nation, we've now seen a massive upsurge in the numbers of people who are accessing church since coronavirus hit. So it's reported that one in four adults in the United Kingdom have accessed online church since March. 25% of those for the very first time. Uh, we are, ourselves as a church have seen a 27% increase in those that are regularly attending our Sunday morning 
services. We're seeing God's power break out in people's lives, whether it's people coming to Christ or whether it's uh, people who are sick encountering the power of God. Uh, We had, for example, one man who'd been in a coma for six weeks as a result of COVID. He was in Bedford Hospital. We gathered the church to pray on a Friday night and uh, many of us came together to seek God for breakthrough in his, his life. His name is Chike. And the day after we prayed, he came out of his coma and was released from hospital. So the kingdom is breaking out. It's a time of apostolic advance. And so let's just look at some of Paul's priorities and see what God might be saying to you as a church family. So we're going to start in Romans 15 and verse 14, where Paul says this. He says, I myself am convinced, brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge and competent to instruct one another. Here is Paul's first priority as an apostle as we see in this passage and it's this it's to raise up healthy naturally multiplying disciples of Jesus that's his goal as an apostle he says my prayer is that you would be filled with knowledge and competent to instruct one another that you would be full of goodness and this was Paul's priority his goal and really the fruit of apostolic ministry that because the kingdom was breaking out, people were naturally growing into mature, healthy believers in Christ. And of course, those of you that are parents will know that ultimately parenting is the art of doing yourself out of a job. It's, it's the art of raising mature sons and daughters who eventually leave home and know how to live independent, autonomous lives, who have uh, been grown in a healthy environment so that they themselves become healthy, empowered people. And that was Paul's priority for his spiritual sons and daughters, that they would grow up to be healthy in the Lord. Uh, Just this last year, my own son, he's 19, and he moved out of home for the first time. He's now working full time in music, and he's moved out with some friends from the church. And man, I tell you, it was such an emotional roller coaster. I've not cried quite as much as I have done in that season for a long time. And, you know, he's one of my, the people I love most in the world. He's one of my closest friends as well. And him moving out was a gut wrench. It was a heart wrench. And yet at the same time, it felt so right. He was so ready because he'd hit a point of maturity where he was ready to go himself. And it was an emotional moment. And yet it felt so right. Because ultimately, healthy parenting is about reproducing healthy, naturally multiplying people. And that was Paul's priority, was to raise healthy disciples. Uh, I once heard a very wise, seasoned pastor talk about his main motivation as a pastor in the church. And he said it came from Colossians 1.28, where we read this. Paul says, He is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. And my friend, the pastor said, that is what gets me up in the morning, the thought that I am called to present everybody fully mature in Christ. And that's it. Apostolic ministry is actually not just about uh, new adventures or pioneering in, in one sense, 
But apostolic ministry also is concerned with raising big, mature people. People who are strong in the Lord, who know how to pray, who've got their foundations sorted, who are living healthy lives and are multiplying disciples all around them. That's the apostolic priority, is not just to create churches, but to make disciples. Make disciples. Friends, I wonder in this season, would you say that you are making disciples, that you are a disciple maker, not just you're being discipled, but you are multiplying disciples. You are pouring into others what God has given you because this is an apostolic priority. Second thing that we see in this passage as Paul's priority is in verse 15 where he reads, he writes this, yet I've written to you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again, because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Here's the second apostolic priority. It's to multiply translocal ministry gifts that operate with authority. Paul here says of himself that he was appointed by God, that he was given grace to be a minister to the Gentiles, that is non-Jews, that God had called him and gifted him to do something very, very specific. He had called, he was called to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And we see that right from the start of Paul's ministry, the moment that he gets saved in Acts chapter 9, he is given this prophetic calling by God that he is going to stand before kings and rulers and that he is going to testify about Jesus and that he is going to go to the Gentiles. And so Paul knew that he was called by God. He had a calling that he was working out in his life. And his apostolic priority was not just to fulfill his own assignment, but also to multiply called people to do what God had given them to do. And we know that in the Bible, it talks about God giving ministry gifts in the form of people to the church. We read about this in Ephesians 4.11, where it says, And God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip God's people for works of service. God gives gifted men and women to equip God's people for works of service, people who are called by God to do that. And Paul rightfully says, listen, this is a calling that I didn't choose, but chose me. God called me to do this. I was apprehended by God for a purpose. You know, some parts in the world very strangely, you can go to apostle school and come out of the school with your apostle certificate and off you go. You can go to prophet school and get qualified as a prophet and off you go. And to be honest, that's very non-biblical. It's good to train in your skills. It's good to increase your gifting and your competency. That's good. But actually calling can only come from God himself. Paul was called to be a minister to the Gentiles. The question is, what has God called you to do and what are you doing about it? What has God called you to do and what are you going to do about it? Because one of the things that I believe we need to see in this season in New Zealand as well as other nations is a massive multiplication of gifted, called men and women who go with the assignment that God has given them. And 
you know, I remember the very first time I encountered King's Church in Wellington numbers of years ago, almost a decade ago. And I remember my first encounter with King's Church Wellington was a moment of realizing God had given you as a church family a, a, a leadership base, a, a, a room full of potential leaders, a room full of dynamic calling, some of it in just embryonic form. But I remember the first time I met you guys, there was this sense of God is packed gifting in your church that has to be more than for just Wellington itself. There has to be that sense of scattering and God, what God has placed in you, serving beyond yourselves. And I believe that God is bringing you as a church into a season of deployment, into a season of sending, into a season of saying, I am now gonna walk in the calling that God has given me and I am gonna go, I'm gonna go. Like Paul knew he was sent. Many of you in this church, in this season, you're going to know God has sent you. He sent you to fulfill what God has called you to do. And friends, I'll just suggest to you that life is too short to wait. Life is too short to wait. For some of you, you've known for many years what God has called you to do. Well, I believe this is a moment where God wants to give you courage to go and do the thing that he's called you to do. Has he called you to be apostolic? Has he sent you somewhere? Friends, well, where is he sending you to? If he's called you to be a prophet, who has he called you to be a prophet to? You know, in this season, I'm seeing God just raise up big people who are called by God. Uh, one of my friends, a guy called Ben, who lives in London, he uh, is a, a, a black pastor in a white majority church. And one day, about a year or so ago, he was just taking a shower and he felt God speak to him. And God said, Ben, I want you to write a book on race, on race, on race relations. And my, my friend Ben thought, I don't want to do that. I have no desire to write a book, certainly not a book on race. But he said, I've never heard God speak so clearly as in that moment. And so he got out of the shower and within half an hour, he'd written an outline for a book called We Need to Talk About Race. And he phoned up a friend that day and said, listen, I've got this idea from God, I need to write a book, I've got an outline. His friend put him in touch with a publisher and by the end of the day he had a publishing deal to write a book. And that book has now gone on to be one of the best sellers in our nation, particularly at the moment where the issue of racial justice is right at the forefront of the nation's attention. It's being uh, recommended by national media and suddenly my friend Ben is stepping into his calling to be a prophet, to be a mouthpiece into a particular area of culture. Friend, what has God called you to do? <laughs> Because in stepping into that calling, you could shake a nation, you could impact culture, you could shape a people and a neighbourhood if you would just do what God has called you to do. Friends, this is where you make the most difference, by doing the thing that God has assigned for you. Paul did that and he wants to do it in our lives too. Let's carry on. Verse 17 is the third priority, third apostolic priority of Paul. He says, therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. 
So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. The third apostolic priority of Paul was to see churches and disciples moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says that he had fully proclaimed the gospel in both what he had done and said. In other words, Paul's gospel was a show and tell gospel. It was a gospel that was both word and deed. It was proclamation and power. And Paul as an apostle knew that this kingdom is not just a matter of talk. It's not just a matter of eating and drinking, but it's a matter of power. It's a matter of power, God's power breaking in. And we don't have many succinct descriptions of what an apostle does, but one of the clearest descriptions we have is 2 Corinthians 2 verse 12, where it says this, The true marks of an apostle, signs, wonders, and miracles were performed amongst you with great perseverance. Now, if we know that signs and wonders are a mark of apostles, they should certainly be the mark of an apostolic people. And you and I are called to be an apostolic people, a people moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. And friends, I just want to encourage you in this season to be pressing in to trust God for the breaking in of his power. And what we're discovering in this moment in time is that, you know, Jesus can heal through broadband. He can heal through people just watching online church. Uh, every Tuesday night here in Bedford, we run something called Miracle Night. And people just pitch up in a Zoom call and we get words of knowledge and we pray for the sick. And I tell you, we just sing the sick healed very easily, very quickly, very regularly. And the power of the Spirit is showing up. Let me just read you just a couple of stories. Someone wrote this. Um, we prayed for a person who had had anxiety for many, many years. They wrote to me yesterday after prayer saying they'd been able to stop their anti-anxiety meds after 20 years of taking them and that God has brought them freedom. Isn't that amazing? 22-year anxiety meds and God broke in in a moment. Um, someone else wrote this. We just had Miracle Night. We did Facebook Live for the first time. I shared it on Facebook and my cousin, who's not currently a Christian, joined in and watched the whole evening. She asked for prayer for hip pain, so we prayed, and she said afterwards that it's now moving much more easily. Someone else wrote in. Um, someone said, we hosted at the 9.30 service with our team, and we had 17 people respond for prayer. Most of these were in direct response to a word of knowledge. We had one person whose shoulder was significantly healed, a knee and a shoulder with someone else also healed, partial healing of a right arm, we also had many other encounters with God and some who were feeling anxious that his peace came. Guys, we're believing for apostolic power. We're believing for the breaking in of the Holy Spirit. You know, my friend Pin is working into some dangerous nations in parts of India and in Myanmar and Nepal. And he was recently in one of those nations and just saw the kingdom come with great power. In the middle of nowhere, he was meeting with uh, local house church leaders and young people who'd come from hundreds of miles to meet together in a meeting that, that was illegal uh, by the government standards. But they met together and my friend Pin said just the Holy Spirit was poured out right there in that place where it, it's not even legal to preach the gospel and yet the power of the Spirit came. I tell you, God is moving across the world in the power of signs and wonders. We've got to show and tell the gospel. 
You know, again, I'll never forget my daughter when she was at school telling her friends about Jesus. And as a challenge, her little friend said to her, well, if Jesus is alive and he speaks today, ask him what I've got in my lunchbox. And my daughter went away and she prayed in the playground and she came back and she said, you've got carrot and cucumber in your lunchbox. And her little friend's jaw dropped open and she said, I have, how did you know that? Listen, Paul knew that his gospel was show and tell. It's an apostolic priority to move in the power of the Spirit. Friends, keep pressing in for miraculous breakthrough. Keep praying for the sick. Keep going after the impossible because you have been clothed with a supernatural power by the Holy Spirit. The fourth priority we see in verse 20, Paul writes, It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Paul's apostolic priority was to break new ground, was to break new ground, was to go to regions beyond, was not to build on someone else's foundation, but to go to unreached places and unreached people groups. That's the, that's the, the, the drive within the Apostle Paul is to think, where do people need Jesus? I'm going to go there. That was his apostolic priority, to break new ground. Friends, where is God calling you to break new ground at the moment? Again, I believe for you as a church, this is a season of sending. It's a season of pioneering. It's a season of going. Friends, people all over the world are pioneering incredible things for the gospel. Uh, I've been in uh, southern Russia several times now with a, a group of apostolic churches in our family. And every time I go there, I'm inspired to break new ground. The first time I went there, I met with our, our friend Valeri Sr., who is an apostolic leader. He oversees 70 churches in southern Russia. And those 70 churches have all been planted in the last 15 to 20 years. And I asked my friend Valeri, I said, how have you done that? How have you planted so many churches? And he said, it's very simple. We take one family and they start a business in a new area. And at the same time they start the business, they also start a church. And he said, we've done that 70 times. And those churches are growing and they're pioneering. Um, when, when we first arrived, Valeri had just got back from a trip to Siberia where he was planting a church. Now, Siberia is uh, a long way away. It's about a six-day train journey from southern Russia, from Armavir. And he had just got back from preaching the gospel in, uh, in, in, in Siberia. And it was minus 25 degrees. The people that he was preaching to, you could only get there on snow skis. Um, and so he had trekked across Siberia to preach the gospel where they had just planted a church. And then he drove and got the train back to Armavir to meet us. I mean, this guy is pioneering at another level. And so uh, I will often now think to myself, what would Valeri do? What would be Valeri's mindset be? His mindset is not one of comfort. His mindset is one of courage. His mindset is one of breaking new ground. My friend Mikhail in Turkey, he is part of our family of churches. And at the moment, there are huge restrictions on Christians and what they're able to do in Turkey. And yet in this last year, just last year, my friend Mikhail has planted seven churches in Turkey and seen 341 responses to the gospel. This is in a nation that's antagonistic to the gospel. And yet the kingdom is breaking out through pioneers. 
See, I'll suggest to you that the great enemy of the church is not conflict, but comfort. It's the, it's the, the malaise that can come, the apathy that can come from everything being so comfortable. And yet Paul's apostolic priority is, I was always on regions beyond. Friends, where is God calling you as a church to go, to impact? What new ground is he giving you? Ask yourself, where are churches and Christians underrepresented in New Zealand? I know right now that you guys are exploring and pioneering up in the Kapiti, Kapiti Coast. I know that you've got groups in the Hutt Valley. I know that some of you have got a real passion for Auckland and a passion to, to see many churches and disciples made in that great city. Friends, where is God calling you to? Just think about the nations in uh, Pacific Oceania, the, the kind of wider region that you're in. Some 25,000 scattered islands right across your region. And although 23 nations in Pacific Oceania have very strong church representation, there are still many islands, many people groups where the church is unrepresented. Just think of a place like Papua New Guinea, for example. In Papua New Guinea, there are some 850 different languages and tribes. Friends, who's going to go? Who's going to go to that part of the world? Who's going to pioneer something to people that have never heard the name of Jesus? Well, it's going to be friends like Valeri. It's going to be friends like Mikhail in Turkey. It's going to be apostolic pioneers in your own company, in your own family. Friends, this was Paul's apostolic priority, to go to regions beyond. You know, in the world, there are still estimated some 42% of the world that's unreached with the gospel. 90% of those unreached people groups are in the most dangerous and the most inhospitable and the, most, and the poorest nations of the world in what's known as the 1040 window. The Muslim majority, Hindu majority world, that's where the great unreached people groups of our generation exist. Friends, who's going to go? Well, some of my friends are going. Uh, one young lady has gone to live in a Middle East nation where it's illegal to preach the gospel and she's gone as a single woman to pioneer. Another friend of mine, again a lady, she's moved to a, a nation in Africa where there are no known believers. It's a people group of some 240,000 people. No one has ever planted a church there. Well, my friend from King's Arms is gone. She's pioneering, she's breaking new ground, she's being apostolic. Friends, where is God calling you to reach the unreached? Now is the time. Now is the moment. And then lastly, Paul's last apostolic priority we see in verse 23. He says, Now I know that there is no more place for me to work in these regions since I've been longing for many years to visit you. I hope to see you while passing through and that you will assist my journey to Spain after we have enjoyed your company for a while. It's interesting that Paul felt that he'd done his job, that there was no more room for him in the region. And that's strange because there was clearly still lots of people that didn't know Christ. So what's going on here? Well, I think it reveals something about Paul's heart to plant apostolic resource churches. And that's what he'd done. He'd planted an apostolic resource church, and now he wanted to go to regions where there were no churches like that. And he understood, if I can plant a church that is a natural resource, apostolic-based church, then I've done my job, because that kind of church will just naturally start sending people themselves. And friends, I just want to say to you, God has called you to be an apostolic resource church for the nation of New Zealand. 
He's called you to be a people that are ascending people, a resource people, a people that serve just beyond your city and look to other people as well. You're called to be like an Antioch church, a resource church, uh, an aircraft carrier church. You know, an aircraft carrier is one of those massive vessels, a war vessel that is meant for deployment, sending and receiving. Planes land and planes take off. It's a base for strategic operations. And friends, I believe God's called you to be an aircraft carrier church that both receives resources, but then sends resources to the ends of the earth. This is the apostolic priority of the New Testament. And I believe God is bringing you into a new season of apostolic advance. Five priorities. Number one, naturally healthy, multiplying disciples. Number two, multiplied, gifted men and women who are serving in their calling. Number three, moving in the power of the Holy Spirit in signs and wonders. Number four, churches and believers that are breaking new ground. And number five, the emergence of apostolic resource churches. Friends, this is what God's called you to. And I am praying with you all the way. And God bless you today. And thank you so much for watching. Know that you are very much on our hearts and keep going for it with all your heart as you serve the Lord Jesus. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the incredible adventure that you've called us to. Thank you that you have called us to represent the Father wherever we go, whether it's in business or education or in family life or in, in our work offices, but also in the church. You've called us to represent the Father, what you look like to the world. And I want to pray for King's Church Wellington that this would be a moment unlike any other before where we see an acceleration of the breaking in of the kingdom of God. I just pray for you right now. Just receive from him or wherever you are right now. I just pray that you would freshly now receive the power of the Holy Spirit to do the apostolic work that God has called you to. I pray that you would receive courage, that you would receive faith, that you would know the prophetic call of God in your life is to go to regions beyond and see the gospel bear fruit. I pray that you would know the joy of adventure, the joy of pioneering, the joy of doing the Father's will on your life. I pray that today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let this be a moment where many taste and see that the Lord is good in New Zealand. Let this be New Zealand's hour. We pray again for a move of the Spirit, for a reviving of the people. We say, come Lord Jesus, in your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. God bless you guys.